0: Hello again. This is Series 8 of Satisfied. The Series 8 podcasts enhance the God-dependent woman Bible study covering the book of 2 Corinthians in the New Testament. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In the last podcast, We looked at the purpose and reward of enduring the challenges of life as God-dependent women. Today's podcast will cover Lesson 5 of the God-Dependent Woman Bible Study. We will look at some of the gifts we receive from God as new creations in Christ. The Gospel is an announcement to the world of an accomplished fact. What God set out to do for humanity he accomplished. The apostles declared this from the time of Pentecost in Acts chapter two and beyond. Salvation is available on the basis of a single condition, faith or belief. Belief is not just intellectual agreement that something might be true. Belief is a commitment of the will. It is the difference between walking alongside a pool of water, seeing it's there, and jumping into the water experiencing the water personally God acted we are to respond to his action by saying yes to faith in Jesus Christ and jumping into the new life God has for us as a direct result of Christ's finished work on the cross our relationship with God is changed forever because of our faith in Jesus Christ it is much more than having our sins forgiven and going to heaven when we die So it takes more than one word to describe what Jesus' death on the cross accomplished for us. In fact, it takes at least six terms. And these are sometimes called the words of the cross. You may have heard them used at church or read them in your Bible. They are gifts we receive as new creations in Christ. We'll cover three terms in this podcast and three in the next one. Word of the cross number one is propitiation. It means that God's holy wrath against sin is fully satisfied. You may know women who have trusted in Christ for salvation, but struggle with the feeling that God is still angry with them because of something they've done in the past. Maybe that is how you feel. Feeling that way comes from a flawed understanding of salvation. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. That term salvation means we are being saved from something. But what? The New Testament teaches that we are saved from the wrath of God. What does that mean? And how does understanding that give you confidence that God is no longer angry with you or at you? God's response to all evil and sin is His wrath. Now, don't think that God's anger at sin is like ours, only bigger. I thought that way for years. But some good teaching helped me to understand that God's wrath is not a mood or a fit of temper. It is His decision to preserve His creation by destroying whatever would destroy it, sin and evil. Let's put this in everyday terms that you and I can understand. How much do you hate the flu virus or stomach virus present in your home? I don't know about you, but my disposition toward the flu virus or a stomach virus is wrath. It is pollution of my home. When I spray disinfectant, I am expressing wrath against these viruses, destroying my safe home environment. My actions appease my anger against the invaders by getting rid of them. Millions of us were doing that during the coronavirus pandemic of 2020. God's wrath is far more serious. Of course, sin is much more awful with far more destructive consequences than the flu virus, but you get the idea and sin hampers our relationship with God. He had to do something to restore the relationship. You can probably recall a time when you incurred the anger of someone you love and needed to make some kind of restitution to appease their anger. That person is now satisfied because restitution has been made. The relationship can be restored. That is what God did for us. Our loving God took action. Romans chapter 3, verse 25 says that God presented Christ as a sacrifice of propitiation for our sins. We don't use that word propitiation today, but it basically means to be appeased, to be satisfied. Some English translations use the word sacrifice of atonement or atoning sacrifice instead, but the concept of God's satisfaction is the same. God's holy wrath against all sin is fully satisfied by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Because of that, God is able to extend mercy to every believer in Christ. Romans chapter 5, verse 9 says that we are saved from God's wrath through Christ. There is no longer any sacrifice that anyone can ever do to satisfy God's wrath against sin apart from what Christ has already done. Picture an empty altar, never again used. It's done, finished. Because you've trusted Christ and are now found in Christ, you can know and live with confidence that God is fully satisfied, no longer angry at your sin ever. Dance, shout, sing. Never again let your mind or emotions convince you that God is still angry with you because of something you've done in the past. That's one treasure you get as a new creation. Here's another. Word of the cross number two is reconciliation. It means that our relationship with God is restored. At some point in our lives, we all experience a personal relationship that is broken. You can probably think of one such conflict right now. Paul talked about it in 2 Corinthians chapters 1 and 2. Broken relationships cause pain and often leave us confused about how we can possibly fix them. Most people want to be reconciled so that the relationship can be restored in some fashion. What sadness we feel when a relationship remains broken and isn't reconciled what joy we experience when we see a broken relationship repaired and healthy again but what does it take for reconciliation with God as Romans chapter 3 verse 23 describes all people have sinned and fall short of the glory of God before Christ came we were alienated from God having a broken relationship with our Creator some kind of reconciliation needed to be done We couldn't do it on our part, no matter how many good works we did. There was always that chasm created by sin between us and God. But God did something about that. I love those two words in the Bible, but God. Whenever it looks absolutely hopeless for us humans, God steps in and does the exact thing we need. God restored the broken relationship by reconciling us to Himself through Jesus' death on the cross. It's complete reconciliation, never to be broken again. We get that from Colossians chapter 1 verses 20 through 22. Romans chapter 5 verse 10 says God chose to repair the broken relationship because of His love for us. Not obligation. Not because we deserved it. It was his love that planned Christ's death on the cross so we could be reconciled with our creator God once again. Don't you love that? Jesus Christ has fully satisfied God's anger against sin, removing the barrier between God and men. Our faith in Jesus becomes the bridge to restore our relationship with God. God stands eagerly welcoming anyone who will believe the good news and cross that bridge. Reconciliation is a present reality for every Christian and is worth our rejoicing. And because this reconciliation extends to everyone who chooses to receive it by faith, God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Paul described that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. We are to announce to others that they can have what we have in a restored relationship with a God who loves them. And here's more good news. The same power of reconciliation is available to you through Christ for your relationships with others. If you are in the midst of a broken relationship, pray that God would work his mighty hand in that relationship and provide you with his wisdom in pursuing reconciliation. Because you've trusted Christ and are now found in Christ, you can know and live with confidence that your relationship with God is restored, no longer broken because of sin and guilt, forever. How does that make you feel? Are you willing to accept this truth and let it fill your heart with joy? Go ahead, dance, shout for joy, sing. Reconciliation is another treasure you get as a new creation in Christ. Here's our third one for today. Word of the cross number three is redemption. It means that you are purchased out of bondage to sin and released into freedom to serve God. No one likes being in bondage, whether it is to a person, a contract, a debt, or something controlling your life. Bondage stinks, it stifles, it discourages, it makes you a slave of whatever is holding you in chains. Every person who is in bondage longs to be released from those chains, released. Did you know that every human being born on this planet is born into bondage? I don't care how much money you have or what status you have. You were born into bondage in the kingdom of darkness. That's Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Romans chapter 6 describes it as being a slave to sin. The slave master's sin calls the shots. Obedience comes too easily. It's a trap. But you are released from that trap the moment you trust in Jesus Christ. The Bible calls this redemption. We sing songs about being redeemed, but do you really understand what that means? The concept of redemption refers to recovering ownership by paying a fee, or it can mean to set something or someone free from bondage by paying a ransom, such as for a kidnapped person or releasing a slave to become free. Either way, a price is paid. Redemption in the New Testament is based on an understanding of the pain of slavery a common practice in the Roman Empire at that time. The readers of Paul's letters were very familiar with the hopelessness of being owned by a slave master. The only two ways out of the miserable cycle were either death or being bought by someone who would set you free. Jesus did that for us. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus declared that he came to give his life as a ransom for many to pay the purchase price out of our slavery to sin with His blood. But more than that, we have been released into freedom to serve God with our bodies and souls in obedience to Him. As an extension of His love and His purpose for us, God chooses to redeem us, to rescue us from the dominion of darkness and from all wickedness. He does this to release us to be purified as a people that are His very own, eager to do what is good and to serve Him as His representative to others. He also rescues us from this earthly body with sin still assaulting us and releases us at death when He gives us a new perfect body, fashioned for life in heaven with God. That's in our passage today, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Redemption means you become the possession of a loving, merciful God and can live in the security of your freedom from bondage to sin. You have a new master now with greater power living inside of you, the Spirit of God Himself, who can give you freedom from any entrapping sin. Because of his love and his purpose for you, you can know and live with confidence that you have the freedom to live a life that pleases God in every way. You are now released, no longer in bondage. Redemption is a treasure we receive as a new creation in Christ. All of these gifts are yours, dear believer, the moment you believe. So, you can dwell on the fact that God was fully satisfied by Jesus' finished work on the cross. God is no longer angry at your sin because you believe in His Son. You can dwell on the fact that the barrier of sin has been taken away and complete reconciliation between you and God is possible because of Jesus' finished work on the cross. You can dwell on the fact that you have been purchased by the blood of Christ out of slavery to sin and released into freedom to serve God as God's act of redemption. It was totally God's work to make sinners acceptable in His sight. Our proper response as new creations is one of love and gratitude as we live dependently on Him and let Him work in our lives. Now, to evaluate our saying for today, this is it. Your happiness and your health, and your blessings in this life depend on your obedience to God. True or false? At first glance, you think, yeah, when you obey God, things go better in life. Really? Would Paul agree with you? Obedience to God does give us protection from some of the consequences of sin. But if happiness is based on good happenings, Obedience does not guarantee that. Paul and Silas were under so much pressure, they despaired of life. They were hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. Yet Paul writes about continual joy in his life, not happiness from good happenings. Consider health. Paul was certainly obedient to God, and yet he had a physical ailment that tormented him and would not go away. What about blessings? Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 that we are to respond to troubles in a godly manner. Godly people have troubles. And Paul considered all those difficult life situations as light and momentary troubles that had purpose and reward. He would have considered those God's blessings because God's hand allowed them. We would hardly call them blessings in our culture. So the answer is that this is a false teaching. Slanted to make you guilty for lack of obedience to God if bad things happen to you. Not biblical. Delete it from your social media thinking. Okay? From our lesson today, here are some reasons why God wants us to depend on Him more than on ourselves. So we can live for Him rather than for ourselves. Chapter 5, verse 15. He's made us into a new creation, chapter 5, verse 17. We are his ambassadors and speak for him, chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. He exchanges our sin for Christ's righteousness, chapter 5, verse 21. We are his servants, chapter 6, verse 4. So we respond to troubles in a godly manner, chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. And our lives influence others. Chapter 6, verse 10. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with confidence that you can depend on Him. Then live each day as a God-dependent woman. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, and this is Series 8 of Satisfied.